block sports, big 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 block sports. Big block sports. We are live. Welcome to a new episode. This is episode nine. Shouldn't have taken a bye week last week. I don't know why I thought I was an NFL team, but now all my episode counts and everything, the NFL week are off, but we'll we'll make it through the rest of the season together. I did pick, seems like I picked uh, the perfect week to come back, um, to come off of a bye, you know, because in a matter of hours on Sunday, the entire AFC, NFC playoff pitcher just... Uh, vanished into thin air and came back as something that we weren't necessarily expecting. Uh, it was very bizarro world, you know, like, are the Steelers a good team? Are they? Not sure. And uh, they're on a four-game winning streak. I know a lot of people, like, I've always, I haven't, but, you know, a lot of people were crowning the Browns. A lot of people were um, anointing the Bengals. And, and here we are. Um, the Ravens went on a bye week you know they just went out hey we're on a bye things are are pretty settled here in our division and um, you know when they when they return from the bye it's like hey where's where's Joe Burrow he was in second place where where is he where oh Baker where where's Baker you guys were right there like what's happening here why is Pittsburgh in your place in the division. And where's Odell? What did you guys do with Odell? So the Ravens come back after the bye week to almost an entirely new division. Um, so that's crazy. Uh, the Titans, we left for dead, you know, especially after the first few weeks of the season. Um, and then they ran off five straight. Um, so the AFC went from very clear cut to just chaotic in a matter of hours. Right now, there's actually nine teams that have a record of five or three, five and three or five and four in the AFC. So that's, what is it, 18? There's 32 teams in a conference, 16 teams or something like that. So basically half of the division has the same record. (laughs) Um, Now, revisiting my Super Bowl predictions, and I probably didn't think about how the divisional rounds and everything work but i did have the raiders and the bills in the afc championship i'm not entirely ready to give up on either pick i know the bills laid an ostrich if you're watching on youtube i'm making a hand gesture of an ostrich size egg um i know that they um laid a huge egg against the jaguars and it just seems like the raiders can't seem to catch a break not so much on the field i think on the field they're 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 okay but off the field they it's just one week you know every week there's a story about something from gruden to rugs to arnett um now they do have you know they were able to pick up deshaun jackson uh through free agency after he was released from the Rams. so i know he still is a capable speed guy and you know he he may be able to replace what Ruggs brought into that offense. But, you know, overall, um, you know, just a wild week after week for the Raiders organization. 
for me, so many teams I picked last week flopped. I picked the Cowboys. I picked the Bills. I picked the Bengals. I picked the Rams. All no bueno. Um, now in the a NFC, right, we just talked about the AFC. Things are a little bit clearer. In the NFC, we got the Cardinals. The Packers and the Rams are still making up the top three teams in the uh, conference. Um, and I'll say one thing, and maybe two. I'll say a couple of little things about Aaron Rodgers because I, I, I honestly feel like he's already gotten enough airtime and um, way more than he probably needed. Um, but I think, and this has always been the case for me, at least with Aaron, is that you know for all of his greatness, for all of his incredible QB play, it's always, you know, it's always for me overshadowed by his arrogance, his poor attitude, his inability to like read the room. And he's an intelligent guy. And, and I'm talking from my perspective, just how he interacts during press conferences. I don't know the guy, you know, from uh, Tuesday to Saturday or whenever we, you know, get the don't get to really see how he interacts amongst the team but on the field facial expressions body language press conference word choice body language is this poor attitude the inability or he just doesn't want to read the room um and i know he's intelligent they wanted him to host jeopardy you know they're not they don't have you know, they don't have no, somebody who's not intelligent up there. And I, I was about to say somebody's name and I didn't want to disrespect anybody. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's a certain type of character that would host a show like Jeopardy, right? And there's a certain type of character that may not host a show like Jeopardy. So Aaron Rodgers fits that mold, but it just seems like either he doesn't, like he enjoys being this abrasive buffoon, I guess is the best word I can use. Um, or he just simply like has zero social skills. So I'm not sure which one it is. And the kicker for me is, and Shannon Sharp said it best from On Undisputed, and it's, it's one of my favorite shows. He said, you know, for Rogers to compare what he's going through and, you know, whatever the, the, the group is called, the non-vax, the anti-vax, the anti-government, whatever it is, that they're complaining about now for whatever for them to compare this situation to what um dr martin luther king went through during the civil rights movement it's unfathomable unfathomable the word is i had to find a very specific word right unfathomable meaning i cannot fathom how they come up like how are they associating that it's it's beyond reproach and it's senseless. It's tone deaf. And, and in the words of Stephen A. Smith, it's it's as a nine, it's as a 10, it's as 11, 12, and 13. So let's move on. Let's get into my favorite part of the show. Here's my theme song. Um, and it's time for me to set it off as I usually do every episode, um, you know, I just want to have an opportunity to share an opinion, a thought piece with you all. If you haven't already, if you can like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell uh, if you're on YouTube. If you're on any of the audio platforms, thank you again for joining me. 
And if you're on Spotify, uh, CastBox, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever the platform is, there's always an option to either subscribe to the channel um, or subscribe to the video's uh, notifications. I would appreciate that. And thank you for coming back. Uh, but let's set it off here, right? Let's let's get into let's get into how I feel about this NFL season. Looking back, we're about halfway through, eight weeks in, and right now the NFL is ruining a great football season. And I know that's kind of an oxymoron. The NFL is ruining a great football season. And, and, you know, this season from the very beginning, it's been very competitive, more than maybe I recall. Um, you know, the saying goes, any given Sunday. And this season, there's really been that vibe, right? Um, Mike Davis, quarterback for the Jets, is in the Hall of Fame. Colt McCoy goes for 250. Adrian Peterson is still scoring touchdowns. Um, and I know we look at, Players like Tom Brady um, to be like the true Iron Man. Eli played for a long time without missing a lot of games till the Giants flubbed that up. Um, but I look at players like Adrian Peterson and Whitworth, right, um, from Los Angeles, right? Not only have these guys been in the league more than a decade, but they play at positions, unlike Brady, where you get hit a lot. And there's no rules to protect offensive tackles outside of like hands to the face or something like that, right? There's no, there's no rules to protect a running back from being tackled at his knees and hips and and all those uh, you know joints where injuries happen, right? And, and so that's what we have going on this year. We have those. We have Adrian Peterson back. Out of all 32 teams, only one one team hasn't had a chance to celebrate Victory Monday. Sorry, Detroit Lions, to call you out here. But um, on the other side, 31 other teams at least, you know, and some of them twice, but at least once, 31 other teams have gotten a chance to say, hey, we are winners for the next few days. And this is the season that we're in, right? Field goals are no longer guaranteed. I don't know. I asked it a couple of weeks ago. What is wrong with the NFL kickers? Uh you know, we're all in this season. You only really need we you we've seen it so many times. You only need like forty seconds to win a game. You know, Lamar Jackson fourth and nineteen, no problem. Let's do it, right? Speaking of Lamar, the MVP race is deep. All of the awards which I featured in my last episode are deep. Rookie of the year, offensive, defensive, play of the year, but, but. B-U-T, capital B-U-T, there's a stain. There is a stain on this season. And it's putrid. And it's unanimous. You can ask any fan, any watcher of football, whether they're, you know, somebody like me who, again, I always tell people, fan is short for a fanatic. And I have no problem admitting that I'm a fanatic. <laughs> uh, but for a general, you know, just social watchers of the game, they'll have the same observation. Whether they're teams in the top of the league, whether they're teams in the bottom of the league, it's a stain and it's it's so it's black and white. Literally. And I'm talking about the referees. 
And I'll give you a moment here to, to exclaim and say, God damn it, Malcolm A, that is exactly what I was thinking. It's the referees. What's up with them this season? And I, and I get it. You know, players are moving fast. Things are happening in the blink of an eye. Um, you know, I can't fault the individual reps. You know, for the most part, they're just kind of cogs in a big stupid wheel of idiocracy. But think about all the futuristic investments that the NFL has made in its technology, right? We got miles per hour for running backs. We got catch probability percentages. We got virtual reality QB training. Excuse me. Any Even the NFL's most valuable asset, right? The players. The players are the best they've ever been, right? We got tackles running 4-4-40s and, and defensive linemen running, you know, 10-yard, 10 10-second 10 shuttles. You know, it's insane how, how capable players are because of the facilities, right? The NFL facilities are like huge, sprawling campuses now. If you got a chance to watch Hard Knocks, the Ford field campus or whatever they call that whole situation, that drone shot, I see in my sleep sometimes was uh, an incredible, <laughs> incredible amount of investment in the players and where they work out in their facilities. Um, players' diets are scrutinized more than ever, right? Every calorie is maximized and accounted for. Recovery is now more effective than ever due to new uh, technology and medical updates. An ACL injury, a knee, right? A knee being blown out meant the end, you know, of a of a player's productive life uh, at one point. Now players, you know, tear an ACL, tear an MCL, come back mid-season and unable to contribute, right? No limp, whatever. So much advancement, right, on the resource that is a player. Yet, week after week, play after play, their incredible abilities are thwarted thwarted right that's that's a good vocabulary word there because that's really what it, they're thwarting it they're taking it away they're ruining it it's thwarted by the referees and this is not this is not like ageism right so i want to make sure when i state state these next few statements that state these next few when i mention these next few points of my position it's not about ageism it's about the reality of being a human being. The average age of an NFL referee is 51 years old. Again, whatever age, you can be capable at all sorts of things. I'll use myself as an example. I'm 41, and honestly speaking, my body, my mind, my ability to recover down the tubes. Mm, like at 9:30, I'm already like, eh, I don't really want to go out anymore. If I do go out, I need at least a day or two to recover. Lots of Gatorade. Um, and I'm 41, right? When we talk about, again, the average age of a referee is 51. Um, so I'm in free fall right now. <laughs> uh, so love the did you knows. Did you know that referees need 10 years of experience before they can be considered for position in the NFL? And then also... Once someone becomes a game official, they don't want to give up that job and they want to keep it for as long as they can. And they will. They usually do. 
right? And, and you know what that sounds like? Congress, <laughs> the Supreme Court, right? Um, and again, they're not all to blame. I think it's the rules and the systems put in place to officiate the game. Let's talk about one in particular, taunting. Taunting. What are, what are we doing? What are we doing here? And I, I, I always like to, regardless of how incredulous the, the, the situation may be, I always try to understand the perspective or understand the details that went into whatever it is, regardless of how crazy or outlandish it is. So I get, in, in, in a way, I understand the concept. This is how I perceive the NFL's views on taunting. Kids love the NFL. They emulate players, right? They wear their jerseys. They model their play style after their favorite QB, wide receiver, cornerback, maybe centers. I don't know who is out here wearing jerseys of their favorite center, but maybe, you know, shout out to my linemen. Um, and, you know, the kids watch the games. You know, they're they're very... They're very impressionable, uh, depending on their age, right? Now, NFL players are fired up individuals. You know, they they play on a high every week for four, three, four hours, right? Adrenaline pumping, eyes dilated, emotions high. Even the coolest, calmest players, they're not immune to the human body's natural reaction to stressors, regardless of how many times you've been in a fight or in a in a football game when certain things happen it could be simply just strapping on the helmet it could be getting into you know actually tackling someone your body begins to produce chemicals and and change the way that your 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 nervous system operates so nobody's immune to that stuff right um they've worked on you could say some of what happens on the field their whole life you know, this, this, sometimes there's some players only get that one moment, that one play, you know. So when it happens, they get that one catch, that one block, that one tackle. They just react blindly sometimes, you know, and, and it could be a finger. It could be a point. It could be a ball spin. It could be a muscle flex. It's not like they just out here body slamming people in the fans or running on the sideline and slapping people in the head <laughs> after uh, they score, right? So I guess the the concept behind it is that if they see, if the kids see NFL players pointing fingers at other people's faces, flexing, spinning the ball after they ran someone over, well, then we don't want the kids to do it. Well, then make the rules for the kids, right? Start them off early. Teach them early on the right way and the wrong way to celebrate. You're asking these NFL players who have been playing football nearly all of their lives, 20, you know, whatever the, the time frame is, whenever they were drafted, an extended amount of time to all of a sudden just kind of dissipate all of that emotion. All of that pressure because, you know, we want we want the kids not to reenact what they're doing. Make it a rule for the kids. You know, these are adults. These are grown men out here. 
If you don't want someone to spin the ball in your face, don't let them score. <laughs> if you don't want someone to get up and muscle flex, don't get ran over like Drake Kirkpatrick did against the Cardinals. <laughs> and I'm laughing to keep from crying. Um, but, um, you know, I channel the great Charles Barkley when I say these guys can't expect, can't be expected to be role models. I'm pretty sure there's no NFL contract that says you have to be a role model, that you have to set a positive example for the people watching the game. You know, there may be some terms and conditions depending on, you know, maybe if they've had some off the field issues and things like that. Um, there may be some endorsement opportunities if they are able to present themselves in a certain light, but it's not required for every NFL player to be a, a role model per se. Um, maybe it's a bit of an unspoken term, maybe, um, but I'm pretty sure it's not in anyone's contract. So, you know, if you feel like you're worried about the kids, flag the kids for taunting. If they don't study, they get bad grades. Ain't nobody out here in the professional world giving bad grades to the accountant because he put the numbers in the wrong column, right? It's just part of the job. Teach the kids while they're early and they're impressionable. And this is this is my next point where I really feel like the whole taunting situation and the kids and, and things like that. You know what this is? And I'm going to go off a bit of a tangent here that may not totally be football related, but it's somewhat football related, but it's sports in general. You know what this is? It's participation trophies. We don't want kids to feel bad that they got ran over, that they're less than that the team they're playing is kicking their behind. We want them to feel good about themselves. Yo, you want to feel good? Play better. Teach them to play better. Have them work out more. Work on the fundamentals of tackling. Show them that there's more to life than football. Taunting. It's participation trophies. We don't want kids to, we give, we give them these trophies for what? for participating. I And I played uh, football as a kid and those trophies meant something when you got them for first place or second place or whatever place it is. Honorable mention, participation, it was actually probably worse than not getting a trophy for me at least. Because it was almost like you acknowledge the fact that you're not as good, but we don't want you to feel bad about not being as good. So here's this participation trophy <laughs> oh it's it's insane um you know so if we don't want a kid to impose his will on another kid you know so he can feel okay about himself when he picks the grass out of his helmet i don't know like i said before if i get a size seven cleat i don't know what size cleats kids wear but if i get a cleat in my chest plate I'm going to be a lot more motivated to either get better or just be like, yeah, yeah, maybe this game isn't for me, but I'll be motivated nonetheless. So so who doesn't want the taunting? Right. Do you think the NFL players care about someone spinning the ball on them? They don't. Stop it. 
And there's no consistency. You know, is it a ball spin? Is it a point? Is it a direct point? What if it's a short on point? What if it's two points? What if it's like the gun finger thing? Like what, what is the, what is the taunting guidelines? And here's some numbers just to put things into perspective. We've had 120 games this season. We've had a total of 27 taunting penalties for 359 yards. I'm not a great mathematician, but that's 25% of the games included a stupid taunting call. A quarter of the games. We've provided 27 first downs to teams over taunting. And again, if you've been watching this NFL season, if you, like I mentioned above, more competitive than ever, you know, one play changes games now. Um, it always has, but it's more prevalent than ever now because the game is so competitive. One play, one first down, one one opportunity to get off the field taken away from a defense changes their attitude, their mindset, especially when it's for taunting. You made a good play. Why can't you celebrate it? So we provided 27 first downs, nearly 400 yards, which is basically another 40 first downs that we've given away this year because of what? What are we solving for? How does this improve the game? It doesn't. Does this help a player run better routes? Does this help them tackle better? It doesn't. And if someone knows how this improves the game by any means, leave a comment, send me a DM. But NFL, knock it off. Just stop it. It's stupid. This is Malcolm A with Big Block Sports. Thank you for joining for another. Thank you for joining me for another episode. Stay tuned to the next episode. Just go ahead and click the next video for my NFL week nine week 10 i don't even know what week we're in next week's this sunday's nfl games thank you for coming big block sports we out